I'm basically giving Google exactly what they want, which is relevant content for people who are searching for that content. That's it. And making it super digestible and easy to read and understand. And it's and also those like rich snippets, that's what Google wants, because they don't want to send people to your website. They want to keep people on Google. That was Matt Givanisi, and he is the founder over at moneylab.co. He has a podcast of the same name, and he's also the co-host of another podcast called Listen Money Matters. The really cool part is that Matt is also into beer, just like me. He's an avid and obsessive home brewer. He brews a ton of beer, and we actually met around the brew kettle. So we, we met around a brew kettle over at the Mr. Money Mustache HQ at a brewing event. So we were standing around and I think uh, I had heard of Matt before and a couple folks had emailed me. So shout out to uh, Jason and a couple other of the folks that sent me an email and sent Matt an email and told us we should probably hang out and see what we have in common. And it turns out we're very much into affiliate marketing. We're into beer. We're into internet marketing and, and courses, and we can geek out on any one of those topics. It was really cool to connect, and Matt invited me down to his home studio. Very nice studio, by the way. Very nice equipment. There were some guitars laying around, and it was just cool. We shot the shit for um, a couple hours, and this is that conversation. Matt and I talk about how he got into marketing in the beginning. We talk about his public site. So he, unlike me and many other people, he shares his sites that he's working on. So he has one called uh, Swim University. He has another one uh, about brewing. It's called Brew Hut. And he actually had another site about a coffee. I think it was called Roasty Coffee. He sold it, but he is very public with his uh, sites, super authentic overall. We get into the details of running such a site, keyword research, the kind of content he writes, how he writes the content and the fact that he has writers working with him and he has a pretty lean and tight team. We also get into a little bit about his other projects. He's a renaissance man of sorts. I mean, he's into beer, he's into marketing, and he's also into like writing software. So he wrote a WordPress theme. He has a software product and he loves courses as well. So he has a few courses we talk about all that stuff and go on a few tangents as well. So a couple things I want to point out, definitely check out moneylab.co, check out Listen Money Matters. Matt has a couple uh, of uh, products and courses. So he has a WordPress theme that we talk about. He has a piece of software called uh, Lasso. And basically, it we get into a lot of the details, but it's a... It's sort of an all-in-one premium tool to help you manage affiliate links. He has a couple courses. One's uh, Page Speed for Bloggers, which is very good. I am obsessive with speed and making sure my site loads quickly, all my sites load quickly. So if you're interested in a DIY solution, because there are services out there, you can go and hire them, pay them a few hundred bucks, and maybe they can improve your site. I'm a, I'm a DIY kind of guy. If you want to check it out, figure out how to do it on your own, check out the page Speed for Bloggers. And he has a course on SEO. He has a course on affiliate marketing. And he also has, uh, I think this is one of his earlier courses, and it's another intersection of uh, my interest in Matt. So he 
has a course on using Asana, the project management tool for bloggers. So all those things you could check out. I'm an affiliate for those products, so keep that in mind. That means I get a commission if you happen to buy anything, but they're all excellent um, across the board. And without further ado, let's get to the interview with Matt, and I'm gonna come and chat uh, with you after the interview. All right, Matt, this studio is fantastic. Thanks for having me over. Thanks. Thanks for coming. And we're live at the, uh, at the manor here in, um, <laughs> in, in Boulder, Colorado. It's a, yep. a beautiful yet snowy day. Yeah. Yeah. It's snowing like for the last like three weeks. It's been like uncharacteristically we, snowy. We were here. up in Vail and we got stuck because they were doing avalanche mitigation. Oh, holy yeah, cow. yeah. How long were you guys stuck uh, up there? Five or six hours up there. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, and then last year, we almost, we were like 30 minutes away from actually being in a in an avalanche driving home. Oh, I saw that on the yeah. news. Oh, yeah. That's bananas. We were, on, we were on 70 when that happened. We were just, we just, we had just passed copper. And, oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> I was like, thank God I didn't see that. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah that would be terrifying. I mean, yeah. the video was terrifying. The video so. was terrifying, yeah. Damn. So... You and I sort of run in the same circles, mm-hmm. and I actually knew about you online for a couple years, but for whatever reason, we never connected. Yeah, it was, uh, I got a bunch of people like either DMing me or emailing me like, uh, you know, Doug lives in Colorado and is a home brewer and does what you do. You should probably meet up with him. <laughs> I got the same email. That's crazy. And then through serendipity, um, mm-hmm. we ended up. Like people oh, would yeah. imagine, brewing beer and drinking beer mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and then that—that's how this uh, sort of rekindled. Right. And um, we're actually yeah. just—it was or, it actually like started non-organically and then ended up being organic. Yep. Right? Yeah. So super cool. And for the people that don't know you at all, uh-huh. who are you and, and what do you work on? What do you do? That's always a loaded question. Everyone asks me that because it's like, um, like, what do you tell people? Like, who are not who don't run in these circles? what you do for a living. And I usually tell them that I run a website where I teach people how to take care of their pools and hot tubs. And then the conversation's like, oh, cool. Next thing. I don't care. Like, I, don't, I don't own a pool. I don't care. I started that in 2004, 2006. And I've been literally doing that for over 10 years. And that is my flagship thing. And from there, I'd started a, a personal finance podcast called This and Money Matters with my friend Andrew and business partner. You know, I, was, I did it for the first year or two and then left for a couple of years and then came back. So now we're doing it again together. Those two are my biggest projects. And then I have a site called moneylab.co where I basically, the idea there was to take all of these things that I was kind of doing behind the scenes, you know, with some University, with Listen Money Matters, with all these other side projects that I have. I had a, a site called Roasty Coffee. It was a niche site that I ended up selling in 2018 and uh, to, I think, somebody we both know. And I started a homebrewing website, and it's so. So my my whole thing is like for those who are, you know, I guess, roundabout way. I run a digital media company. So we do digital media, and we make money through affiliate links, our own digital products, and sometimes sponsorships. Couple things jump out mm-hmm. at me there. So so number one, you started doing websites, affiliate marketing. In- 2005-ish? Yeah, four. How did you get started? Do you remember the first time you were like, hey, this is a thing I can get into? It wasn't even that. It was, so I was in a band. I didn't go to college. I was in a band instead. And we needed a website. This is before MySpace. 
So if there's any like context of where we are in the timeline of the internet before MySpace and we need a website. I was working at this pool store, which is why I have the pool site. Cause I've been in the pool industry since I was 13. So like that just, so I was sitting in the pool store. I was in a rock band. We needed a website and I was like, okay, well I'm going to, we, we couldn't afford a website designer. My dad had bought me a computer for the college I was supposed to go to uh, and, and ended up dropping out in two weeks twice. And I decided to learn HTML and CSS just like to build my band's website. So I did that. And then I was at work, like double checking it on the computers at work. And my boss caught me doing that where he like was like, you know, went back to the history cause he's a psychopath and was like, uh, who was looking up this site? And he obviously my face is on like the, the homepage and he's like, is this yours? I'm like, obviously <laughs> he goes did you make it i was like yeah he's like okay and like walked away and then hired me the next day to do the, the company's website so i started doing the company's website and then i started doing other websites and i ended up getting a job as a website designer at another firm and then got hired back to be the marketing director of that company of the pool company so from there i was like well okay i know how to design websites i know how to build them I know a lot about pools. There's a website here. I can I can do something with this. And that's when I had the idea for some university. I started looking up, how am I going to make money at this? Like, how does this make money? And I found out about AdSense. I was like, oh, AdSense, got it. And then I found out about affiliate marketing. And I think at the time, was it Google DoubleClick or something? It's before my time, but that is a thing. It, it was. Like, it, it, yeah. well, I know it's a thing. They still use it yeah, for yeah. YouTube. But uh, I, Legacy, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had, there was an affiliate, like, Kind of like Linkshare. Sure. Or I guess that's not called Linkshare anymore. It's called, I don't even know how to say that. How do you say that? It's, it confuses me, but they have commercials. It's like right. rat, Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Rackentune? I don't know. People are like, right. you guys are idiots. Yeah, right. That's true. But that, yeah. but that, it was sort of like that, but Google had ran it. And that was what I was using for affiliate links. And the way that I did it then was my idea was, okay, if you're reading an article about pool algae, you know, like how to get rid of pool algae, at the bottom, I would have four recommended products for performing that action. And I had did that all manually, like individual HTML files for each article and, and manually put those all in. Got it. Yeah. And I'm going to jump deep into the weeds just okay. for a second, and then That's we'll come favorite, back up. Favorite place to go. So a lot of times I hear from people and they're like, I have an informational article um, can I recommend products? And the answer is exactly what you said. Yeah. Yes, 100%, because yeah. they have a problem, mm -hmm. and you're like, here's how you can solve it. And by the way, here's how you can do it faster, easier, cheaper. Right. Th it's simple. a no-brainer. Like, yeah, when you boil it down to that, that is all affiliate marketing is. It, it can be. The ones who stand the test of time, that's what they do. Right. The ones that just kind of like throw a dildo site together and just like, I'm going to try to make money quickly, they end up failing very quickly. Right. Unless they... <laughs> they, like right really have informational. Right, yeah. So there's a couple other things that you know your intro just triggered. Yeah. And and one is like you're very number one, you're super authentic. Um in some of the early uh content that I saw from you back in like 2014, 2015. Is that when you started Money Lab roughly? Uh something like that. 2015, maybe? Okay. I don't know. So I saw some of the early stuff, yeah. and I was like, man, he's so like genuine, charismatic, and uh -huh. uh, authentic. Thank you. And going deeper, you even, you know, you're telling us about Swim University, mm -hmm. you talk about the other sites. So what makes you so comfortable to, to share the sites that you're working on? I never 
understood why people were uncomfortable. Okay. I know why my business partner, Andrew, he has, he has a few secret sites that he will not reveal on our show or won't reveal in, you know, anything that we do because he's deathly afraid of competition. He doesn't want, he thinks he found this little like, you know, niche, which he did. And he doesn't want to give the secret away, especially to a, to an audience of people who do this and can do it well. So I don't have any fear of competition at all. I've never had, I'm not a competitive person. I'm not into sports. I, if, if people come over to play video games, I'm like, good, you won. I'm like, I'm, I, I don't care. You know, if we play card games or board games, I'm so fine losing. I'm just not a competitive person. And I think that's why I don't mind sharing because the other reason I don't mind sharing, it's much harder to hide than it is to share. I always criticize myself for not being a good writer. I didn't go to college. I failed every English class in high school. I got better. Like I tried to understand grammar because I do like writing. It's only when I can just, you know, like free flow. If I have to write about pool algae, that's a little tougher because like, even though I know it, which is why I started the site, it's like, I don't really have to go and research. Like I know what I've told people for, you know, 15, 20 years. Like, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. It has worked for thousands of pool owners. I just recite that in my own words on, on the internet. And I think the reason I come off authentically is because I don't have an education in grammar. So what, I only know how to write like I talk. I've never had, I've never been formally trained. I don't know how to sound smart. So I just learned how to use semicolons and I'm like, oh, I'm trying not to use them because I don't want to come off pretentious. And although I use them in a couple of articles I just did <laughs> because I was like, oh, it's fitting. It's, you know, especially like timing for jokes. But yeah, I think it's because I didn't like, I wasn't good at formal writing that I wrote free, what do they call that? Like free association, kind of like sure. free form. And then I go back and I clean up the the editing and the, the grammar and stuff. Okay. So it's like stream of consciousness. That's what it is. Stream, stream of consciousness. I, I write that way and then I go back or I'll usually do it while I'm doing it. So like I might write a paragraph or two and then look at those paragraphs and go, okay, how can I make the sentence shorter? Or how can I say the same thing, but faster? Or how can I pepper in a joke or a funnier word? And that was when I started Money Lab. I, you know, I'm, I, we do that on Swim University and my other sites, but, you know, I, I dislike it. It's like, sure. it's, you know, but on Money Lab, it's easy for me to just go like, this is what I'm working on. Like, this is just everything I do. It's kind of like TMI, but I... I always said, like, you know, the reason I started Money Lab is because, like, those are the things I love watching behind the scenes videos about anything. You know, that to me is way more educational than somebody telling me how they do something. Just show me how you do it. I just want to see your process. And yeah, so you have a ton of case studies. And I think that is a much easier, less, maybe less formal way yeah. instead of like a course or, or a like how classwork. Yeah. Right. I don't, I mean, I can write a how to. But it's so much, it's so draining for me to do. I don't like, I mean, that's why now I can finally hire writers and go, okay, thank God I don't have to write about pool algae anymore. This is great. Yeah. But before I would, that's why I was doing all of that stuff. And it's so funny because, you know, somebody who, who did fail every English class and who did dropped out, drop out of college because of an English teacher who failed me on a how-to article, this is what I ended up doing for a living. So I feel like, really hard for me to recommend college to people when when this thing happens to me but um you know obviously i got into a thing that you don't really need a college education for but some things you do like doctors lawyers they need to go 
Right. No. <laughs> right. You know. Very good. And uh, quick aside, mm-hmm. as far as, because I, I don't talk about my sites uh, personally. Really? And I'm not necessarily afraid of competition, although I have had people just straight up oh, copy every single article. Oh, it happens and, to me um, almost every month. Right. So I have a, I have a pre-written cease and desist. So that, that's, that's one reason yeah. um, to guess, not reveal the sites. But the other is a negative SEO. And I've personally lost like tens of thousands of mm. dollars from that. I know generally Google is very good at recognizing negative SEO mm-hmm. and just bullshit links at this right. point in time. Right. However, if a person is persistent, they could, yeah. It works. And um, yeah, so generally I try and stay below the, the radar as much as I can. Although, like you said, if people start digging, right? I mean, we find. leave footprints yeah. around. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the thing. You can find out. But I mean, I don't know. I've just been doing this so long and I've had, I mean, it's bamboo, but I haven't had any like issues with it. With it. And in fact, only praise that I share and it's like, oh, this is like, I feel like one of the only people on the internet who like just shows the dirt, you know, and shows yeah. the kind of behind the scenes stuff. I know, I think, I think like, well, people who do niche sites publicly, I think, you know, we talked about Spencer from Niche Pursuits. Mm-hmm. I think he, you know, he t- I mean, I know what his sites are and he didn't tell me personally. Like, so yeah. he definitely like says what they are, you know, and I know Neil Patel has done that too. Um, but, but then again, like they're, personas is their websites and then the things that they do is for content for that website and so that's kind of the way i look at money lab which is yes some universities started many many years ago i could just secretly run that on the side but then i wouldn't have anything to write about on money lab because i'm not doing i'm not producing niche sites or podcast or any sort of like media for things outside of my core businesses they are for my core businesses and so it's like I didn't share those things, I would have no content for Money Lab. Right. If that makes sense. Yep, totally. And um, yeah, Spencer, Niche Site Project uh, yeah. number four is is the current one. And he... Is that the uh, outdoor uh, like swing set one? Yep. Okay. Yep. So he worked on the site for like a year and then revealed it. So at least he didn't have people like oh, in the beginning right. um, trying to you know, goof up what's going on. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's a handful. I know there's a YouTuber, uh, Alex Cooper, mm-hmm. at WP Eagle, and he does like a public case study as well. So yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. And I, again, I, I understand. I mean, I guess now when you say it, I understand why. Like I was always like, why? Like I, I thought it was just competition. But I get, yeah. I mean, I guess there's bad people who yeah. want to do bad things. But there are. Yeah. Yeah. You, your site's been around for, <laughs> I'm scared. For, for a while. No one yeah. do that, by the way. That site's been around for a while, yeah. but you, you have launched some, uh, some newer ones. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about the, the yeah. Brew yeah. website? Yeah. Okay. So how did, you, how did you pick that? I think I know the answer. And then as yeah. far as like keywords and stuff, can uh, you just talk about some of the preliminary research that you did? Yes. All of the sites that I've started are based on things that I know. I think way back in the day, you know, as I was starting some university, I did have some other niche sites like a Crocs, you know, like the shoe, the rubber shoe Crocs website. I did have a snowboarding website, which I snowboard, so that wasn't that far off. I had a home recording studio site, little tiny little niche sites, because I was I was under this impression that like, oh, start a ton of niche sites, see which one takes off, and then just double down on that one. So I kind of like throw throw everything against the wall, see what sticks, and then kind of move forward. No, I don't do that anymore. I'm just like, okay, what do I really want? What do I really, what can I talk about? If like, if I can't hire a writer for the first year or two, like what can I write about? Or what do I want to see in the world? 
Coffee was one of those, which is why I started Roasty Coffee, because I had such a hard time when I was really trying to get into coffee just personally. I was like, all these sites kind of suck. You know, I think there was like a few that were pretty decent, but they were trying to be so hipster that I was like, you're actually like giving me minimal information in an effort to be minimal. So it's like, you're, you know, ugh. So I started Roasty, and then obviously I'm a home brewer, so, well, not, I mean, not obviously, there's no beer here, but I... I've been a home brewer for a while, on and off. I've been on very much for like the last two to three years, but I started it back when I was living with my parents in Jersey. Something I've always been interested in, it's one of those things like, I can sit down and watch really, really bad YouTube videos as long as it's about home brewing. I could sit there for hours. Do you remember back in the day there was Brewing TV? Uh, it was yeah. a podcast. Yeah, yeah. One of my fa- I can I still go back and watch them. Um, basic brewing video I watch, I can go back and just watch old episodes yeah, like, yeah. forever. And it's just one of those things I'm like, I can just nonstop devouring this content. Same. So why not jump jump in and do what I, you know, what I think is missing from the space. And what I always thought was missing was just really specific informational how-tos. Everything was like sort of anecdotal, sort of like, here's what I've done, sort of like, I'm testing this, I'm testing that. And it's like, well, I don't really need to see all the testing, which is like what Money Lab's all about. It's kind of the opposite. It's like, I've done this. I've brewed this beer, you know, 16 times. I have this process down. I've tried these ingredients. I've tried these processes. I've tried these products. This is the way for if you want to get started. It's like kind of like just cut to the chase, give me the answer. And then I can go from there. Like I will build off of like your hard work and then move on to something so that's what I really wanted. So I started Brew Cabin. You know, we live in Colorado. I'm like, a, I'm wearing a Patagonia. So it's like, cabin is a thing. I always wanted to have one and maybe will one day. So that was, and it just had a nice ring to it. And then as far as like keyword research. So Brew Cabin has had sort of a tumultuous sort of up and down, tumultuous like on and off cycle where it's like, okay, I'm going to do it as a money lab experiment to start this home brewing website and see if I can make it profitable in a year. And the idea there was to create a bunch of content, create a recipe database, create an ingredients database, and then build software to help home brewers you know, track recipes and um, build recipes and stuff. Because at the time, you know, we had Beersmith, we had Beer Tools, we had, and that was like, we had Brewer's Friend, which was online, but those other tool, tools that everybody was using were things you had to download on your computer and really were made for Windows. So it was like, all right, I wanted something that I could go outside and not have to download something. I can go on my phone and just, you know. So I thought, I'll do that. Now there has been, there's many, there's many software that do that. But that was the original idea. Uh, hired a writer, multiple writers. Uh, and the way that I did research is I, I, and I talk about this in my course, but I do two types. I do, uh, First, I start with competition research, which I use a program called Ahrefs, and I start looking at who out there is writing about homebrewing, you know, and I'm just going on Google and typing in, and a lot of these things I knew because I'm like, you know, researching, like Homebrewers Association is a big one. They're here in Boulder, Beer and Brewing in Fort Collins. There's uh, Brewlosophy. There's, you know, all these people that are writing content. You know, I, I call it competition, but I'm not trying to really compete, but They've done the hard work to rank for things, maybe not even trying, right? 
I want to see what they're ranking for and what people are searching for. So you look at them first and you see what are their top pages, what are your top keywords, and then what are the difficulties on them. So, and if they are they worth going after? So usually when I go into Ahrefs, I look for stuff that has over a thousand searches a month with low difficulty in the homebrewing space. So when I first started, a lot of the articles were like, you know, a yeast starter it was like the first article, or it's like, okay, that's not the first article that you would put on a site if you were thinking of it as like a course or something. But I'm like, well, I need to start getting traction from Google. And then I do this thing where not every post is a post that's like rankable. We, It's kind of like, uh, I don't know who came up with this. It's a director thing. It's like, you know, do one for them, two for you, you know, one for them, three for you, whatever. The idea is like you do a movie for the public, you do the your, you do the Avengers, and then you do your your indie flick that you okay. really want to do. Sure. And that and the way I look at it is that you could also I think you can you look at it like okay, well I'm going to do an article about a yeast starter because the competition is low. It's obviously about home brewing, and I'm going to do it really well, and I'm going to start ranking. But then I'm going to do an article about brewing a bag or something that has that really doesn't have maybe a good search volume, but I want it to exist. And the people who find me through the Yeast Starter article goes, oh, there's other things. This is a really good site. I'll subscribe. I'll become a you know, dedicated follower. And so I follow the same principles on all the sites, which is like not everything has to be rankable. But if we do, I tend to do this, what I call like the moonshot effect or the moonshot technique, which is... Another way to say it is go big or go home, or the idea of being like shoot for the moon and land in the stars, right? So you go after the big parent keyword, but knowing that you won't reach it, but you will end up ranking for all these tertiary or secondary keywords in the process of doing that. So it's like try really hard to write the best thing for this impossible keyword. And in the process, without even really trying all that hard, you'll end up like, you know, ranking for all these little things that, you know, end up, you know, collectively giving you a ton of traffic. Okay. You know, that's kind of the way I approach it. But, you know, I do tend to shy. I mean, like, for example, like brewing software as a term is like a 40 difficulty, which is pretty high for the home brewing space. And it gets like 250 searches a month. So it's like high difficulty, low volume. I'm going to write that article because it needs to be, I feel like it needs to be written. I may not rank for brewing software, but in, but I may rank for like brew tools review or, Brew father review or all these like little things that I'm going to pack into the article that like I didn't even look for or or didn't even come up in the competition research research in you know uh, Ahrefs. It's like or maybe like I didn't even who the hell knows that people are searching for this unless you were to literally go into Ahrefs and go. I wonder if this specific keyword gets and you have to literally type it in and get it right and then they'll go oh wow you found something interesting so yeah. you know I think you start from what others have done, and then you kind of work your way into like, you know, at that, at that point, you might have some clout, and you'll start to rank for things much easier after that. Cool. So have you heard of uh, the keyword golden ratio? Yes. Okay. Because you told me about it okay. two weeks ago. Cool. So it's like the sort of the opposite approach. Mm-hmm. So it's only under 250 searches per uh, month. Using Ahrefs or something Comparable? Usually, yeah, yeah. Wh- whatever tool. Whatever I, tool. I'm Doesn't like, matter. I'm agnostic to yeah. the tool. So okay. we'll come back to it later because I don't want to just uh, hijack the whole thing. No, but oh, please. The interesting part is um, 
I like this specific format to find keywords. Mm-hmm. It happens to be a good one for uh, like the keyword golden ratio. But just in our example here, it would be like best brewing software for Androids. Right. So just best long product. Yeah. So it's a yeah best product name for a specific application or mm-hmm. user type or whatever. And then it you know you could do Google auto suggest at that point. Right. And then it just gives you a you list know, eight lists or a list of eight, and then you yeah. could use those for like your subheading. That bad example. It'd be overkill, no. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And the, but you have to do that a lot, right? You does that mean you're creating more content? Yes. Okay. Yep. So more more content, but so more specific content. Yep. It's for very ultra long tails, I call it. And I think, you know, in in the days of like, you know, Google uh, you know, with Bert and some of the more recent Mm -hmm. updates where they're like just the most recent one just happened. The core update. Yep. Uh, that just happened in January, like a week ago. Yeah, for the yeah. people that don't know, like, uh, can you tell them a little bit about it? Or yeah, it hit. Uh, this is a similar thing that happened. I think uh, last year in August, it was like the medic update. They called it. I don't know what they're calling this one. It's a core update, so it's like to the the foundation of Google's algorithm. And I just was looking into this the other day. It really hit financial sites and medical sites hard again. But I've I mean, yeah, it was a really big hit for kind of everybody. Uh, I've, I've noticed. So I think when you have a core, when you have a core update that happens like that, it's really hard to pinpoint like what's wrong on my site that actually caused this to happen. It's kind of you have to look at your site holistically and go like, am I doing the right things or not? And if you are doing the right things, like just trust that things will come back in your favor. And I think that that's something that um, it certainly happened to people that I know personally. And and we've talked about it on our podcast, which is like, yeah, I mean, if you just waited it out and let the let the course correction happen, like, you know, you you know, as long as you're following, you know, basic rules of like being a good content creator on the internet, like not doing like scammy, crappy things, you'll you'll be okay, you know. And I, and I've seen um so, like comp, you know, people that compete with me come and go, and everyone, you know, it's like, oh, why aren't you like? going after them or why aren't you like scared i'm like because they'll be gone in a year from now like they kind of like come up and then google just goes nope and swim university has been around for 15 years yep and you're just creating good you're updating your stuff you're not trying to like shove a bunch of keywords in there you're not trying to like put a bunch of pop-up at you know your site's incredibly fast like it's everything i'm basically giving google exactly what they want which is relevant content for people who are searching for that content that's it. And making it super digestible and easy to read and understand. And it's and also those like rich snippets. That's what Google wants, because they don't want to send people to your website. They want to keep people on Google. So yep. yeah, that's basically like I'm just, you know, it's like I'm it's a balance between it's almost not even a balance anymore. It used to be a balance like of writing for the search engine and then writing for the the reader. And now the search engine has become is is literally reading websites as this like, using AI technology and machine learning to read and profile websites according to Rank Ranger, uh, which I read you know Morty's post on that I think back when the Medic update came out and I was like this is crazy it's like imagine if you know Google had a team like a massive room of people who were just going on individual websites and reading them and going. Yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down. Like that's I think what Google's doing right now. Yeah. It's like looking at your site holistically instead of like individual posts and going like, "You know what? This site rules." And if we have a keyword that comes up and they're like, you know, low, we'll give them a little bump. Gotcha. 
And yeah, these recent core updates, probably for the last couple of years, I yeah. would say it's like the holistic approach. You mm-hmm. can't, it's not like Penguin and Panda or whatever, no. where no, right. they're like, hey, it's this two or three things that you right. could actually fix. Yeah, no, you can't fix it. It's like your whole site, your whole yeah. site, your whole, your whole approach is bad. But, and that's the habit. I mean, that like, even that, you know, I got hit by Penguin or Panda, one of the 2008, whatever 2008 one was, but I forget what animal. But I got hit bad, you know, okay. some universities specifically because I was writing 300 word articles and getting a bunch of backlinks. Remember Ezine articles? Oh, yeah. It's like getting like just, I mean, I was given so much content to Ezine articles. They sent me gear. Like they sent me like physical products in the mail, like, you know, mugs, t shirts, pens that are like, dude, you're giving us free content and they're gone, you know, but all that content's yeah. gone. Good because it was awful. I was writing these like, I was using, Unique article wizard, you know, like switching sentences. Oh, God. Yeah. All Awful. the crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh, and if you think back to it, you're like, man, I feel like a real asshole. <laughs> like, I, yeah. but I was being taught that as if this is yep. how you do it, you know? Yeah. Even our, you Montel know, Williams. our, our, our uh, idols, like Pat Flynn, I mean, they, I yeah. read articles yeah. on smart passive income where it's like, here's how you use the article spinner. Mm-hmm. Here's how you do the link pyramids mm-hmm. and the link wheels, all the bananas uh, yeah. stuff. So, yeah. And if you just, I mean, if you, I mean, obviously hindsight is 2020, but I mean, if you think back to that, you're just like, who are you writing for? Like, <laughs> what is this for? And who's going to read this 300 word piece of shit article? Like, no one's going to read this. Like, it's not even helpful, but we've come a long way. Indeed. So, um, you, Typically go after your sort of passions or at least something you're interested in. Something I'm interested in, yes, for sure. And then you're going to HREFs um, mm-hmm. and you're you're doing some competition analysis to find keywords that are usually over a thousand searches per month. Yeah, not all the time, but yes, for the most part. Depending on the, you know, like coffee had a lot more, home brewing is a lot lower. Oh, yeah. Um, Swim, Swim University has a lot higher, but a lot less. Okay. And then from the content standpoint, I know at one point you were doing a lot of writing and you yeah. alluded to having writers. What's your team look like? How are you outsourcing this? Okay, so uh, I've gone through uh, a couple of phases. The first phase, I mean, do you want to hear it all or you just want to know now? Yeah, you can tell us however you want to. I was really, like, my, I, I didn't hire my first writer until 2015. So I've been doing Swim University for like seven, eight years. And then I, I was literally convinced that no one in the world could write about swimming pools the way that I could for some reason. I, I and my girlfriend, we were we had moved here to Boulder and she was like, that's you're delusional. Like the, the people can write. You're not the only person in the world who can write about this. I was like, I don't know. I had a friend who like ran a network of like freelance writers. And I asked her, you know what? I'm willing to try this out. You know, I just want to see if this would work for me. And I she put me in touch with this guy named Brian and I was like, okay, Brian, I'm just going to give you a title for an article that I want written, and that's it. I just want to see what you can do. And it came back, and I was like, oh, you can, people, other people can write about pools and hot tubs. Okay. Uh, and so like, that's when we started doing, you know, I started using Asana at that point and working with him and starting you know, doing that. And we worked together for a while on both Roasty and some university. And then I, I ended up hiring an editor-in-chief who, whose name is Michelle. And she came on board, and she literally just runs Swim University editorially. Um, she is like well versed in SEO. In fact, all the stuff that I just talked about with all the recent updates, she told me. 
Um, so she's like got her finger on the pulse of SEO or the SEO community. I believe she used to write for a search engine journal. So she's very well versed in that. And she's full time. Her and I kind of come up with the schedule and, but she's mostly in Ahrefs and, and she's actually developed her own sort of editorial SEO uh, format and process. That's what we do now. So right now the team is really me and her producing content on Swim University. She's all words and I am all other things, whether it's like fixing the website or, or updating the website or building, you know, oh, and we also have a graphic designer, forgot to mention, who does the graphics for Swim University. Um, and then we have somebody who does customer service. So somebody who we get emails all the time from people, either they bought our products or they just, you know, they get my email and they have a question about the pools. We have somebody that answers all those emails. So that, that's like the core team at Swim University. It's just like four of us. And then for Brew Cabin, it's me and Stephanie, my girlfriend. And at Money Lab, it's me. So okay. that's, that's a team. So pretty lean. But Very you- lean. And that was on purpose because I did have at one point, like Michelle was the editor-in-chief and we had three writers underneath her. We had a salesperson. We had you know customer service, graphic design. I have a lawyer accountant. None of these are full time, but they just, you know, like people that are part of the team, I guess. And then, yeah, uh, not last year, the year before I was, you know, we were spending a lot of money and things were working, but I was just like, it's a lot of money. And it was just like, do we need all these people to accomplish the exact same thing? Could we do this with less? And, you know, talking with Michelle, she's like, yeah, we can. I was like, okay, well then let's do that. Let's figure out a way to like, you know, not thin things out, but do the exact same thing we were doing, but with less people. And that was, and that's why, you know, and I, and I love that because, and it's really hard to get here because, you know, when I hired Michelle, she wasn't full-time. She was, you know, she was just, you know, she was just doing writing and, and I hired her to be the editor in chief. Like that was what I went out for. And I developed this like a whole Google sheet application form that, you know, I ended up getting 27 applicants and she was like leaps and bounds over everybody. I got on Skype and I was like, you have the job. There's that I, you you nailed everything. And, and mostly what it was, because I get asked this question a lot, like, how did you find Michelle? Because Michelle's a rock star. Everybody I work with, 100% rock star. And that's what I want on my team. I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't mind training somebody up to rock star status, but it makes it much harder. I think a lot of these people, you can find them. They're out there. And, and I didn't hire her full-time immediately. She filled out this application, and the application was, send me three videos that you think are funny. Because I want to know if I think they're funny. You know, so send me what you think is the best content ever produced on the internet. Send me, you know, here's an article on Swim University. You know, tell me what's wrong with it. Tell me what's, you know, here's a video that I did. What, do you, what would you do differently? Kind of like open-ended taste. You know, I'm just trying to find out if we have the same taste. Because other than that, I mean, I think everything else can be teached. Grammar can be teached. SEO can be teached very easily. But if you don't have good taste then anything I teach you, like you may not, it's not going to live up to my standards. Right. And so that was the idea behind that. It worked very well, but (laughs) like cream rose to the top out of 27 people. Like she, I mean, no one was even close to what she had written. And I was like, Oh, sold. Like that was, you know, and then from there, once she came on board and once she, you know, it took her about three to four months to sort of like get the, the environment in the world of like pools, you know, not like not everyone's like, born into it, you know. But once she did, I was like, this is it. Okay, I understand how this works now. And and I and my graphic designer has been with me for five or six years now. 
and and like my customer service rep, and I call her customer service, but because that was the only thing I have her doing right now. I would love for her to do more. She's so incredibly intelligent. But you know, she came from. I had an original um, person doing it, and she had you know she was training other VAs to do what she did. So she like had a whole career, like a new career that she was starting, and she's like, I, "I'm I'm going to leave," and I'm like, "That sucks." Because she was awesome. Yeah. But I was like, "Hey, do you have somebody that you would recommend? Can you train them up?" And and then she did. I was like, oh my God, this is like so great. So like, you know, and then I have Stephanie who lives with me and I can work with. So it's really nice to just kind of have this like core group. We really don't talk that much. Like we don't do weekly meetings. We are on Slack here and there, email mostly, but everyone's got their job and we have processes all written down and like everyone knows what they have to do and we just kind of do it. It's a well-oiled machine and, you know, and then then I just freak out and do everything and, you know, kind of like throw you know, wrenches in the gears every once in a while. But, you know, sometimes they're going to be like, hey, we're not going to do that. I'm like, oh, you're right, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, the, that's, kind of every, that's kind of the team. Very good. And did you have any experience, like, hiring people before? Like, no. working at another company? Nothing. Okay, cool. Very interesting, like, the path that you took. I mean, there's all kinds of folks yeah. in affiliate marketing, of course. But Yeah, um, I wanted to do something non-traditional when it came to hiring because I was like, well, what do I? What am I really looking for? I'm just looking for somebody I can talk to and and hang out with. Okay, you know, I, that's kind of that was my criteria. You know, like somebody who thinks like me. <laughs> and if I can find somebody who thinks like me, then anything I can, they can do anything, right? Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and I, I think the non traditional approach probably um, like got more interesting people. And then, yeah, it's like you're you're showing them that you can teach them what what you need yeah. them to do, but. Mm-hmm. You just want someone that'll like jive with your personality. Yeah, and they cool. Yeah, and if they do, they probably are self-taught and self-starters, and that's good. And that's exactly what you know. That's exactly what we're looking for. Right on. Shifting just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, any any other tips on like content or I, I know just writing the best quality shit is yes. um, your main approach. Yes. But any other like overall tips where the people often make mistakes on it? The website itself. Okay. I mean, the website itself. I think uh, people overdesign and overcomplicate everything, or try to use like WordPress or something that you know, if they're not coders and they're not developers, they end up like just throwing more and more plugins to kind of do what they think would work. But the more and more you add, the more and more it slows down your website. And I know that's a major ranking factor with Google now. But not just that, like, and specifically for Swim University. Most of the people who come on Swim University, according to Google Analytics, demographically, and just through the emails you get, because I get, I do get a lot of like widows um, who, you know, email me and say, like, my husband died and I need to take care of the pool. I tend to have an older audience. And, and I've always had this. And so when you look at Google Analytics, not, not just age range, but you look at how they're visiting your website. 75 to 80% of them are visiting on a mobile device because I don't know about you, my parents don't have laptops, they now have iPads, right? That's what they're using. They have iPhones. They probably may or may not have Wi-Fi set up, but a lot of them go out to their pool and that may be way too far from the Wi-Fi. So they're on 3G or they're on Edge Network or whatever. And it's not, I'm not... I'm just I'm all I'm saying is because 75 to 80% of them are on a mobile device and I'm just going to make the general assumption that they're on 
like the the cellular service and not Wi-Fi, my website needs to friggin' load. Like it just you need to be at by the pool. You have a question, Google loads, and then the next thing is you click my button on my thing, and it's like boom, there's the there's the information. That is, I think, way more important than any sort of design thing because most of the time. If you're on a mobile device, you're on this little, you're on this little thing. Like you, you got this much real estate, right? These should all be words, you know. Should all be the information. You don't need a thing that scrolls with you or a pop up box because they're not going to subscribe on their phone. You know, they're not going to type anything. So I just keep my websites like there's, there's no sidebars. It's like it's and there's no background images. There's no moving parts. There's no JavaScript. It's like Here's the title, and then here's the content. And then when you blow it up to the web, or when you blow it up to the desktop, it really just looks like a, a mobile you know, yep. thing. I think people overcomplicate that. You know, They try to add too much. They try to make it cool and unique. And then if you go and look at any new site, like yeah. they load in 30 seconds, it's like, as opposed to like my sites were like 0.7 seconds. It's like, yep. come on. Yep. What, are you, what are you doing? But that's why they all have to use AMP. Because they have crappy websites, they have to serve ads, and I don't have that problem. So, yeah, just just, I think that's just, I could go on about that forever. We think alike in that way quite a bit, because I'm like, plugins suck, they slow your site down, Um, nobody cares about your sidebar, just, they came here to solve a problem, like, just give them that information. Yeah, give them the information. It's really about hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, um... That leads us to the fact that you're a renaissance man, oh. right? So we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to come back to a couple website and affiliate marketing things okay. too. But because of this like sort of gap in the market for a fast theme, um, and you're a bit of a self-taught coder, yes. right? So you created a theme, and you don't have to, no need to sell it here. Sure. But like, why, why did you create a theme? <laughs> if you go to moneylab.co, no. I was so advised against making a theme. Yeah, because everyone asked me. The thing I was tired of answering from my audience. So in, to the point where I would secretly go like, if I have to answer this one more time, I'm going to punch a wall. Because only it was my own ego, right? <laughs> that was like making me feel this anger. Everyone would email me and say, what theme do you use? And it would drive me nuts because I my answer is, hey, some people don't use themes. Some people code them themselves. Maniac. And it was Come yeah, on. like like who does that? You're right. And I was like, <laughs> I just felt this like pride that I built this my own thing. And it's like my own thing. You should know that that I I hand coded this from scratch. Stupid. So to answer that question that comes in more than I could possibly tell you, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a theme then. Like, and I, and I didn't really have to make it. I had already made it. I just had to extrapolate it out from my three sites and go, okay, well, what, you know, I need to make this like design decisions that would work for pretty much everybody and anybody. So I called it Carbonate, which you can go to buycarbonate.com, B-U-Y, Bicarbonate, it's a pool thing, and it's a beer thing, so it's chemistry. Yeah. Money lab, everything <laughs> I do is chemistry-based. I was trying to figure out what to call my company. My company's called Ace Media because... Oh. Um, I don't know how to do anything with these. I just like, it's like, I used to collect playing cards and I have like, I had like 150 decks of them. I just donated all of them. I was like, oh, that's something unique about me. Ace. All right. But I was like, oh, well, all my brands had to do with chemistry 
and there's a lab element. So like, what could I call it? I still can't figure. <laughs> I still I want to change the name of the company. I just can't figure out. I, a good name hasn't come up that that was like really cool. But yeah, so the theme is really just an answer to those people as like, hey, you want you want to know what theme I use? This one, and I made it. End of story. The problem that I get, that I got into with don't create a theme, don't create a theme because if you create a theme, you're gonna have to update it. You're gonna have to customer service. Like people are gonna have so many problems, so many problems. And I was like, unless I just develop a zip file and literally say out of the box, there is no customer service. This theme is one and done. You can manipulate it to no end, but this is my core. This is my core like l- group of, of PHP files that's incredibly light. If you were to just install it and add, you know, a couple of plugins that I recommend and then like add your content, like the site will load in a half a second. So, you know, it's Beautiful. it's like yeah, it doesn't have like builders built into it. It doesn't have like you want to change the bar at the top that's like because that's it comes with a black bar. You want to change that to blue, you go into the code and you type, you know, that says you know, hashtag zero, 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 zero. You change that one, one place. And now it's blue. It's like, and I, and I give all of that information if you, on bicarbonate.com, like all of those how to's are like, here's how to change that. Here's how to do that. Here's how to fix that or fix. Here's how to like, you know, customize that. Sure. You have to go into the code, but you can do it all in WordPress. You actually don't even need any sort of like code knowledge. I literally tell you what to change. Cool. So that's how I do it. And that's, it worked. Awesome. And I think, um, yeah, it highlights a point where it's like, hey, you could figure out how to do stuff that you yeah. don't know how to do. Yeah. And you dictated like, hey, I'm not going to do customer service. Right. And um, has that been well received? Do you get any pushback? Not, not a single bit of pushback. Okay. Not a single. And here's the thing. Like people will go like, everyone who's bought the theme has praised it and has immediately figured it out. It is not rocket science because it's so lean. There's like nothing to it. And I built it with customization in mind. Like I built it like, okay, there is like a bunch of colors it comes with. You can change those colors, like the basic colors of the rainbow. Like all those colors come in, but you can change the hex code. So if you want to use, you know, here's how to change it and do this and do that. And then I, it's based on a philosophy. Like it's based on a principle of like, we don't do hamburgers on my site. Hamburgers are stupid. Why would mm-hmm. you put a hamburger? You know, and if, if you don't know what I mean, when you go to mobile, there's that little thing at the top you click and it's js that loads this whole thing you could do it in css but i'm like just have less things right so what i do in the in the when i teach people how to use it it's like there are four navigation links that you can put at the top if you and they should be one word okay you can put up to six but just double check like it may look crappy and so it's kind of based on like Pair down, you know, you can you can figure out a way to do this. And then it also has like category pages. So um, if you want to create multiple category pages, you can link them throughout. And so it's really flexible and it's a good starting. You know, it's like once you have it, you have the code base. And if you want to like improve on it, improve on it. Like I have not, I don't have to improve on it. It is literally the lightest, leanest thing that I could possibly make. And even if you look, somebody was like, is it similar to the HTML5 Frame, there's like an HTML5 theme that's like, I'm like, no, because that comes with like literally everything and it has no design to it whatsoever. At least mine comes with like just the things you need to start a content site or any kind of site and some basic design, design type elements. Cool. Yeah. So it's a perfect framework to build upon. That's what I think. 
Yeah, and awesome. I've and I've gotten nothing but praise on it, which is honestly shocking. Cool. But I'm so happy with it because I'm like, this is great. Everyone loves it, and I've yeah. seen it. And you know, people were like installing it, putting it on their site, and sending me their site. They're like, dude, my site loads in like zero point six seconds. I'm like, nice, perfect. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. I'm putting it as a testimonial on my yeah my page. And I think um, you highlighted one very critical thing: the the hamburger, the navigation. Yeah. Um, a lot of people make like huge, crazy menus, mm-hmm. and uh, it's hard to use. And I've I've actually I use a theme called uh, it's based on Thesis. It's yeah. like the Focus WordPress theme, uh-huh. and they've uh, sort of taken that similar approach. Chris Pearson has gone that route, and they they've removed the hamburger Chris has because he's yeah. a one man shop, right? And um, yeah, like my time on site has gone up the speed is increased like i'm you know i i really like the simplicity and then if you need navigational stuff i put it at the bottom yeah yeah i think the the problem with the hamburger and all of these elements is it just and as is a perfect example is you can see it all over the internet it's just we're all just copying each other just one copy after the next after the next after the next and you look at uh and you can tell this in the SaaS world everyone has those not old shitty drawn cartoons now of like oh, people. Yeah. What is that? It looks awful. It's like some, like I don't, but everyone, you go to Buffer, you go to Gusto, you go to, I'm trying to think of the other ones, Airtable. They're all using the same cartoon people thing. Freaking Intercom does it now. And I'm like, what, what is that? What is happening? What are we doing? Why is everyone doing this exact same thing? It's because we just constantly copy yeah. each other. And it's like, well, no, 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 okay. And this is what I try to do with all of my design stuff. Like when I created Ernest, which was the plugin that came before uh, Lasso, I was like, I want to do, <laughs> I was like, I want to do, because Ernest was like this, it's an affiliate marketing thing to make money. And it was Earn IST. And I, for some reason, I was like, I kept thinking Great Gatsby. I'm like, I want to do like a Great Gatsby, which I ended up, I had to look up. It's like, it's called Art Deco is the name of the like, the design, which is now very popular. Um, in fact, I think like CB2, that's like all they do is Art Deco stuff. But I wanted to do like, what if you mixed Art Deco with like the gradient, like cool, modern, you know, SAS, internet 3.0, whatever. And that's what I based that on. And then it's like with Lasso, we're doing a, it's the the aesthetic is neon cowboy. And it's like, what is neon? I don't know what that is. I wish people would just take a second to like step back and create something original and new instead of like, just go like, I want my site to look like gusto. I want my site to look like, you know, intercom. It's like, great. Why? I want my app to look like this. It's like, okay. I want my site to be like Vox. It's like, okay, well put Vox in GT metrics and tell me if you want your site to be like Vox. Right. And um, well, and you're a stickler for site speed as we are hearing uh, the, Passion it's my, in your it's, voice. <laughs> it's my competitive advantage, right? It's if I'm going to go up against like the, a homebrewing site, like like uh, the big one that's here in Boulder, put my site up against their site in GT Metrics and you see who wins. By a landslide, mine wins. So it's like, okay, they're established. They've been around. What is the thing that could help me gain a competitive edge that they are too big and slow to do? And they have too much riding on like, you know, ads and all that stuff. Like I don't have that. So I can come up in that. That's like my one little like channel to kind of, you know, yeah. get get myself up there. So I'm that's what I'm using to my advantage. And I think um just 
key example. Let's say I'm at the homebrew shop. I have a 4G signal on my phone. Right. I'm trying to find a recipe, and your site is going to load way faster. I would have bounced from the exactly. VA site, basically. Yep. Yep. So that's real use case that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, often I'm in like, I don't know, Bed Bath & Beyond or something, right. where it's like a big steel structure. Yeah. I get no signal. Right. And uh, or very poor signal, mm-hmm. so uh, the site speed is definitely important. Yeah, and that's why I think like you know people ask me about AMP a lot, which came out, and I was like, AMP is going backwards. What is this? Why why are you giving Google your content? Don't do that. Right. Keep it. You can make your site as fast as an AMP site. Yeah. Because all AMP is is just a really lean site. So <laughs> you can do that too. It's it's funny you mentioned it because I started getting a bunch of questions, and I was like, I don't even pay attention like uh, yeah. i kind of read about it and i was like my site loads pretty fast right. i mean I, I maybe was a little sloppy on a couple sites but sure. yeah i cleaned things up and right um got it a little more lean so okay shifting back to some of the affiliate marketing and okay. seo area a lot of emphasis on content and the quality what's your stand on like link building and approaches to outreach and promotion i don't do it at all this is my angle with my course which I didn't, re- I wasn't really playing up enough, you know. But somebody had said, like, oh my, God. somebody, I think it was, um, you know, Brendan Hufford, the SEO guy. And he was saying that, like, you say, you know, how to get traffic via Google without building backlinks. Like, that is such a powerful sentence, to, like, that could sell somebody. And I was like, oh, yeah, because that's exactly what I hope <laughs> in my course. I'm like, I don't do it. Because I used to, I did it. I, you know, I used to have a giant spreadsheet, and I used to like create articles and send them and get backlinks and like email a bunch of like people with resource pages and try to get links. And it's just it's excruciating. I don't want to be that guy. Like I don't want to be that company that sends that email and then you know you can see on Twitter like, look, another person asking me for a link. Like this is you know this is some bullshit. I don't want to be that. I want to get links naturally. And the way you do it, I think, is by creating really great content, which also happens to work really well for ranking in Google. Here's the thing. In the back in the day, backlinks were votes. That's what they were. But now they're not votes. You can go on Ahrefs. You can look at you know the top SERPs, and you can see that like some of the top people have like zero backlinks. You know? and then, but like two people below them have like thousands. And I go, well, what is that? Why is that? case and it's because google is a freaking machine ai robot that's like reading your page and going this is pretty good we're going to give it a boost and obviously my site's established but brew cabin wasn't brew cabin started and it was immediately ranking because it's just like fast the content's really in depth it's answering the questions that people are searching for like it just solves all those problems and i and i thought well i do have backlinks they they happen because Somebody Googles something because they're looking for an answer. They may own a website. They find the answer. Like, holy crap, this website's awesome. Oh, I talked about it. I, you know, hey, I wrote this article about, you know, how to get better mouthfeel in your beer. And I found this article on Brew Cabin and it was awesome. Backlink. And probably the best backlink I could ever get. Sure. And I only need a handful of them to, to start ranking. So I, I understand that my way is slower. Like my way is just, uh, it's slower and it's harder because I do, I, I, I've had this thought, I, I really don't want to do it, but it's just like eating away at me. Um, I want to do an experiment on Money Lab. That's the backlink building experiment. Like what if I, t- and I don't know how to like design the experiment so that it's like it's isolated and the variables work, but what if I were to 
do traditional backlink building where I, you know, do outreach and I have somebody just like, boom, boom, just like trying to get as, and just count them, just try to get as many good backlinks as possible versus a site that doesn't have backlinks and see which one ranks. I don't know how to do that, but I think that the, the, my, my hypothesis is that the site that does the backlink building will rank faster, but I don't know how long it stays. So I don't know if it has the same staying power as the other one. My whole thing is like, I just don't want to do that other thing. Like, I just don't want to pay somebody or myself to go and do that thing. And it turns out I don't have to because I have proof three or four times that I don't have to. So I'm like, okay, yes, it took me a long time to get here, but I'm still here and I'm still earning money and I still have a lot of traffic. Right. So that's just, it's, it's very anecdotal but I mean, like you have four cases, yeah, four cases of it of it sure. working, and so I'm like, and I didn't have to do that, so I don't have to be that guy. Which sure, is nice, cool. So shout out to Jason, who I think emailed both of us, and he was like, ask him what he thinks about link building because he knows we are diametrically opposed, right? So my stance is, and I mean, no, you I, know, you know, links uh, matter. I mean, definitely, yeah. So and, and you're like, hey, I just want him to come naturally, and you don't like that. I'm line just a of more, work. yeah, I'm a more organic builder. That's sure, it, yeah. So my my hypothesis to you mm-hmm. is all right. Let's say someone writes equally, you know, good content, yes. may, maybe even a little bit better. Maybe they do a YouTube video to accompany it. Right, mm-hmm. they're hitting it at both angles, and they do just a little bit of outreach. That's mm-hmm. totally natural. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're on a couple podcasts. Sure, right. And then um, they have a handful of links. Maybe they get a little referral traffic because they took the time. So, right. Are you like, hey? I don't even think like I want to do that or I would, my approach to that would be like whatever time or effort I put into link building, I would just put it into those other things you mentioned. I would be like, I'll do another video. I'll do, you know, more, I'll just make my content better. Yeah. I'll use it to make my site faster. Like all of these things that end up going into ranking that like, cause my whole thing is, yeah, I'm not looking for short term gains. I'm looking for long term stability. And, and 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 so and like I said, again, anecdotally, so sure. far it's been like okay, like there I do have a ton of backlinks. Like Swim University has a ton of backlinks, but they happen organically. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, now I'm locked. Like now I'm in. You know, it's like okay, this site, this site's been around. It's established. It's it's been producing good content all these years. It's got a, a very good, healthy profile of backlinks. And not saying that I'm untouchable, but I do feel like. It takes a lot of effort for somebody to get to where I am. But, and then, and like I said what about competition earlier, it's like they probably won't last because I, it took me 15 years. I'm still doing this, and I'm still growing every single year, not by leaps and bounds, but still growing. And these people are like coming up, and I'm just like watching them for a year, and then they kind of disappear. Yeah. It's like, it's tough. This is, this is, I, and I always, compare it and not to like derail the backlink conversation, but like I always compare this world to going to high school and it's like, it takes four years, right? You got to be a freshman. You, you mess up, you get beat up, whatever it is. You get into sophomore year, it gets a little bit, you get a little more friends. It gets a little cooler. I we all get each other now, you know, junior year, senior year, you're the king, you're doing it. And then you're like, Four years, okay, I got a good website, I'm making good money, and then you hit college and it starts all over again. And you're yeah. back to where you were for some for some unknown reason, or you just your brain goes like, 
well, I need to go bigger and badder. And it's like, well, now I feel like I'm starting from scratch again. And it's just like a cycle, a four-year cycle of like of growth. And I think if you can just like be that kid who just gets good grades, you know, has a few good friends, a core group of people, and you just and you do right by the teachers, Google. And the principal, like you're going to be incredibly successful, and you're not going to be, you're not going to have this roller coaster ride. It's just going to be this nice, smooth upwards ride, which is kind of like very. I don't like this. This is this is turmoil. This is stressful. And I know a lot of my friends go through this. It's like, oh, my site's up one day, it's down the next day. Oh my god, like you know, and it's because you're paying attention to all these things, and it's like, just do this. Slow. You'll get there. Yeah. Very good. Okay, we could probably have a whole other backlink yeah, conversation. Sure. But one one uh, seed of an idea to put in your head, there's okay. a guy named Kyle Roof, really uh-huh. smart SEO. Um, I interviewed him, but he does like experiments that yeah. are controlled and they need to be repeatable and reversible. So he will test things independently on like, I think five different pages so he can isolate the variables. It takes a lot of time. Takes a lot of sort of planning, right, yeah. But uh, the cool part is the reverse test. So he'll put it whatever thing he's testing on five pages, yeah, and then he'll change it on one to see if that one reacted how he expected or what happens at all, right, right. And then he'll do it somewhere else, right, on five pages, but he'll do it four times and then leave out the one. So, oh, wow. like I said, reversible. It needs to be repeatable. Scientific method, That's you know, awesome. all yeah. all the shit. Yes. and it, it it's really provable. Yeah, I will say that on Money Lab, I make it very clear, like, I do not follow the scientific <laughs> method. It is just really me going, like, I'm going to do this thing, I'm just going to barrel my way through it, and I'm just going to tell you what happens. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to kind of report back. And that's, like, what I'm doing now, which is, and I'm getting so much pushback on this idea, but there's this, like, there's this idea that, like, I like keywords that low competition. It's like, you know, get in there, work your way up. Um, that's one, certainly one avenue. Does that work in podcasting? Can you, can you enter a very low competition space and gain an audience on a medium that really doesn't have a good discoverable area? And could you make more money on a podcast if, or could you see traction if you're in a low competition area? And so I have this like plan to do it. And truthfully, I don't think it's going to work, but I would be, but if it does, I'm like, Holy crap! I found something like really interesting, and it may not. And even if it doesn't work, like gangbusters, still kind of interesting. It's like, whoa! I didn't. That's an untapped sort of like little area. It's not going to work for everybody, but it's it's just still interesting. Yeah, super interesting, but not not scientific. Just like, yeah, I'm gonna try this thing and report back and see what happens. And it's it's just for entertainment purposes only. It pretty much, yeah. For the most, I mean, it's for yes, it is, and it's also like, well, if it works. Good for me because my business grows. If it doesn't, you could, weren't you entertained? Aren't you all entertained? <laughs> yeah. And, and the cool part, I was chatting with uh, one of my friends doing some online stuff as yeah. well. And he's like, yeah, if it works, then uh, great. We could talk about that. Maybe sell some affiliate products or whatever. Right. Or if it doesn't, then, well, that's a hell of a story to talk about. It, it's, yeah, it works either way. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of uh, Money Lab, you have tons of case studies. I definitely want to send people there. One thing that I love is your about page mm. and the whole timeline of your journey. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. My about page is, so there's there are two different things, but my about page was like, I'm just going to tell you who I am. I'm going to be funny about it. 
And then I'm going to tell you, I set rules for myself just in, in business. And I have those rules in there based off the uh, wildy, wildy Coyote Roadrunner rules. I call Roadrunner rules from Chuck uh, Jones. And, and then I, you know, I have products that I, that I use. I'm not saying I recommend them, just that's what I use. And then I created this timeline, which I get, I, you know, the timeline people are, are very like, this is, it just, it's one of those things that like, you mentioned authenticity earlier. I heard that before and I'm like, I'm just going to do that. That's so, that is so the easiest freaking thing to do. And honesty is something I practiced in life. So why wouldn't I do that? On, why would I lie on the internet? It doesn't make any sense. And so I was like, I kept reading these sort of where these ideas come from is sort of is the zeitgeist of the world that we operate in. And you hear like, I, I wasn't successful overnight. It took me years to get this, but you only see, you know, and everyone's like, don't listen to these gurus. Like they didn't get successful overnight. Like, and I always had this idea for a book, like, you know, it was like my, my biography that I'll never write called like an overnight success, 14 years that it take, took or 17 years to whatever, like or a 17 year overnight success or something. like. That. And so I was like, okay, well let's show people how, how long it really took and how many mistakes and how many like derailments that it really took to get where I am today. Instead of saying that like, Hey, you come on the money lab. Wow. He's got some university. He's got money lab. He's got brew cabin. Like this guy can, he's, you know, Wow, I want to, I want that life too. He didn't even go to college. He didn't even go to college. How can this be done? You got twenty years. This is how it's done. Exactly, even exactly how I did it. And so, yeah, I found this timeline like code that I liked, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna kind of put down all of the really stupid things that I did and make it funny and make it like, hey, I, I remember I joined a community and I got hit by Panda here, and I bought this book about AdSense and I started this. Uh, social network for dogs, and I, you know, had a rock band that failed after four years because I wanted to really be a rock star and not an affiliate marketer. And you know, like I, I just kind of bounced back and forth, like, oh, and then I had this, and I made my first hundred dollars a month, and then I got you know hit with this thing, and it was just like, and it, I, it's more of like entertainment for sure, but it also points out that, and I, and I, and if anybody ever asked me, you know, it's like, oh, I, you know. You know, how long does this take? How long, you know, or because I don't, the thing is, is like what I want Money Lab to be is a place that kind of like, and this is what from the very beginning of it, I don't want, and not, not to discriminate, I don't want newbies on my site thinking that they can be me. They can make the same amount of money that I'm making on these experiments because I have a list of, you know, people, I, ha- I have like these assets that I've been building over time. And the way that I sort of filter those people out is by creating content that's sort of like a little bit, now I don't want to say over their head because it's not, but it kind of just really just gives you the reality of it. I've had people who bought the affiliate marketing course and return it because they're like too many steps. And I'm like, oh, you thought this shit was easy. Well, I don't even know how you found me, but if you if you know anything about me or you know my my brand, you know that like I when I do an experiment, like I talk about how much it sucks. And the thing that I really dislike about online entrepreneurship, especially when you you know I shouldn't say that 
guru-ness or, you know, I call it hero worship. It's like you look at these people like Pat Flynn, like somebody that I had looked up to when I first started too, like Corbett Barr from Fizzle. Like these are people that, you know, I found them and I was like, cool, that's that's a good life. And I read the four-hour work week like everyone else. It's like, I like a lot of ideas here. Do I worship any of those people? Absolutely not. You know, like they're human like I am. But everyone just like kind of looks up to them and says like, I want to do what they do. And they will say, you know, they'll go on and not, I'm not, I don't want to point out Pat or anybody in particular, but they tend to go on the internet, try something, fail, and then talk about what they've learned and spin it into a positive. It's like, Oh, you know, I did this thing and you know, I don't have any regrets because you know what I learned? I learned that what's important in life is blah, 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 blah. And I don't, I hate that. Just tell me that what you did, you fucked up and it sucked. The whole thing was horrible and you wish you didn't do it. Be that guy. Cause that's what you're really thinking. But for your audience, you're, you're trying to spin into a positive cause you don't want to look like a fool. You don't want to look like somebody who did the wrong thing. And I am telling you like this podcasting experiment, I'm pretty sure I'm doing the wrong thing. Like I already know I'm doing the wrong thing, but what if I do the right thing? But what if I do the, it, what if I, I say it's wrong now, I do it, and then, <laughs> and then I am wrong, and I go, you know what? That sucked. Instead yeah. of going like, but, you know, I got one or two sales. So it was pretty good. No, it wasn't good. That's not good. It's not success. That's stupid. Like, just say, just say it sucks. Say you messed up. Say you, say you chose something. But again, like, I can use it as content. I can say, okay, well, I did this. Didn't work. Shut it down. Shut it down. Like it's like, and I, and just be honest that like you could try it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Sure, you know. And I also try to on Money Lab extrapolate myself from recommending or giving advice to anyone because I have this like blanket statement in my head when people email me and they're like, "Hey, I had this idea for blank. What do you think?" And I go, "I don't know. Try it. Let me know how it turns out." That's my three sentences that I send to people who ask me questions like that, because the truth is, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, so, you know, everyone says like, oh, some university, what a perfect niche you chose. I'm like, I didn't choose it. I didn't choose that niche. I was 13 years old and my friend's neighbor worked at this local pool store. And she's like, do you kids want jobs? Cause I have jobs at this pool store. And we're like, yeah, pools. I don't know. <laughs> and we, and I stuck with it. You know, and it's like pools chose me, not, not the other way around, you know? Right so, you know, it's like, I didn't go and like, you know, you walk around the house and you like write down, like, what am I interested in? What, what do I have in my house? Like, oh, I have an elliptical machine. Like I'm going to start an elliptical blog. It's like, oh my God, like, no, <laughs> awful. It's an awful way to start something, especially if you want to keep doing it for sure. as long as I, for as long as anybody, any of us have. Last couple questions here. So. You also worked on a plugin, which I think we don't have enough time to cover yeah. much, but um, I'd like to talk a little bit about Lasso. Can you yeah. just give us like the elevator pitch of what it is? Yeah, it's an affiliate link manager. It's kind of like uh, if you're familiar with Pretty Links or AWP or Easy Azon or Amalinks Pro. Amalinks Pro. Yeah. Yep. It's all of those combined. It's like uh, we do Amazon, we have an Amazon like a, uh, integration, but we also do custom links. And it allows you to, so there's a couple of things it does that's really interesting for affiliate marketers. And one of those things is, I think Pretty Links does this as well, but if you have, like let's say you add an affiliate link to your website, but then you have to go and add that link to all your posts, right? So what we do is we actually 
create an inventory of all your existing links. And we say, hey, you know, you're linking to, let's say, if I have an affiliate program with ConvertKit or something like that, and I've linked to ConvertKit in the past, well, now Lasso knows that those two things are the same, and so you click a toggle, and it'll actually turn that link into your affiliate link. Okay. And and it also does keywords. So you could say, hey, every time I mention the word ConvertKit on my site, go find all those mentions and, and let me flip the switch to make those links if I want to. It also does... Display boxes. So if you want to add uh, a, like a box in the middle of your content, that's like, here's my affiliate link, here's an image, you know, ratings, description, button, all that stuff. You can do tables, you can do a grid of products, you can do uh, a list of products, you can do a single product. And it's basically just like a giant affiliate link manager that you know, will check if you have broken links, it checks if products are out of stock, it checks if you have opportunities to link more things, and it helps you find opportunities in because um, it, it has reports in there that say like, oh, here are all the domains that you link to. Did you know that this domain has an affiliate program? Sign up for that. And then you flick a switch and all of those links that you link to are now part of the affiliate program. So it does a lot, a lot of stuff like that. Cool. So it's kind of like a big, yeah. And as far as results, I know that um, you started using um, some of the functionality on some of your sites, like yeah. how much did revenue go up? Just so people know that oh, it's like God. a serious thing. Yeah. Right? So I built a really basic version on Swim University back in 2014. It was like completely custom coded. It wasn't even a plugin. It was just like in the functions.php. And it, the main the main goal of that was to just connect to the Amazon API and display, like create display boxes. So taking the link out of the, like, you know, you don't just want a link. You want to say like, I recommend this product and it costs this much money and just being transparent like that and having that sort of like, bef- before you click, here's all the information and why. When I actually started putting that on my website, that's when I got to quit my job. <laughs> like literally like a few months after that, like that summer it was like, oh, I'm making like, I went from like 40 grand to 100 grand or 40 grand. Yeah, 40 grand a year to 100 grand. Yeah, I was right. 40 okay. grand a year to 100 grand a year that year. Okay, so I was like able to go. Okay, I don't have to do website design anymore. You know, I have to do freelancing work. I can I can focus on this full time. Sweet. Okay, and like I said, um, well, yeah, we can we'll, get we could talk about uh, all the details yeah. in the future. Part of the research for this interview, I was listening to the Niche Pursuits podcast. Uh-huh. I think that was recorded uh, roughly in August September of 2019. Yeah, At that good. point in time, I think you were making like thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars monthly recurring revenue. And um, oh, on Lasso, yeah, yep, yeah, on yep. Lasso, mm-hmm. and then because um, you were doing a, a case study, a challenge to make fifteen thousand per month within six months, months, which I don't think you reached. But where are you at now? Right, right now, we're still at the same, yeah, fifteen hundred. Okay, yeah, I think we just looked. I because I was doing it. We're writing. I'm writing an article right now on Money Lab about we did this entire like redesign, and it was like we hit the fifteen. Thousand MMR goal. If you move the comma one one place to the left, <laughs> what's good about that though is you know in August when we were really actively promoting it, we got to fifteen hundred, and it's been six or seven months since then. We're still at fifteen hundred, so the customers stayed. Like our churn rate is low, and that's a, that's a good sign. Cool. Um, and I think when, once they get the new version of Lasso, which comes out in a couple of weeks, they're gonna. I mean, they're. I mean, I use it all on my site. It's just like, it's everything I've ever wanted in an affiliate plugin. So cool, cool. All right. So 
We'll come back to that. We'll yes. put a pin in it. So sort of the, the last question here, uh, we met over at the Mr. Money Mustache mm. HQ for that homebrew um, event. Yeah. And I'm getting like more hooked in with the FI community mm. overall. And um, I'm just curious, like, are you super into it? Like, <clears throat> what, what's your stance on, on FI and all that stuff? My stance on FI is I feel like I am that. I feel like I'm FI, but I'm not FI in the mathematical sense where you're like, well, I don't have a million dollars in the bank and I'm taking 4%, you know, and, and living off $40,000 a year, but I, I don't have a traditional job. If I stopped working today, I could still make money for a very long time because I do have a team and people and they all have their jobs. So I feel financially independent in that sense. So I don't think it's the traditional way that the community goes about it. Cause it's not, you know, running a business is not everyone's approach, but that's it has been my approach. Because I have the Personal Finance Podcast, we do end up talking a lot about financial independence. And we've had Pete, Mr. Money Mustache, on in one of our earlier episodes in 2014, which really helped our our uh, podcast to grow. Because like no one had heard his voice then. Yeah. You know? And so it was like one of the first interviews he ever gave. It was just an hour-long interview with you know him, me, and Andrew just kind of like talking about him and and what he and how he did it. And and it was like whoa, okay, holy crap. So I feel right now that it is important to have five principles. You don't necessarily have to like dedicate your life to it or or consider it, but like I definitely think the elements in FI and the idea of like just, or FIRE, you know, like financial independence, retire early, there's so many good things there, right? And I subscribe more to what Ramit teaches, which is, kind of this money dial system or just the automation parts of, of personal finance and, and investing and all that stuff. But, and I, and, I, and I don't really subscribe to like make your own soap. That's kind of my burn, you know, to the community. It's like, uh, I'll, I'll go buy soap. It's like, I'm not, you know, I do make my own beer. So there is something yeah. fire about that. But yeah, so I love the movement. I think it is really, it doesn't work for everybody and it shouldn't, but I can see a lot of people like, if they were to like help, I think I think what the fire community needs to do is spread the message to to communities that are not affluent. You know, because I feel like it's a very affluent movement. Same with minimalism. I have my criticisms of both because it's like, well, I mean, guess who can? Guess who has the option to be minimalist? Like, guess who has the option to be fire? You know, it's like not everyone has that option. But I know that they need to to start moving in that direction. But I'm what what scares me a little bit is what happens in a recession again? What happens in a correction even? Are those people who are in, on the verge of like spending the last 10 years like sacrificing their, you know, and not everybody's sacrificing, but sacrificing, saving half or 75% of their income. That day, it's like, oh, you can't take that money out because it's 50% of it's gone. Yeah. Which and is what happened in 2008. But I think we're still just kind of like, you know, hurt from that experience. And it's like, it happened so not that long ago, like 11 years ago. And so it's like, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. It's like when nine 11 happened, we were just like any day now, next, next, next year. It's like, and it hasn't. So it's like, you know, it's just that, that fear too of like, you know, burn me once. And I think, well, you highlighted it well. I mean, most people, I mean, you have a non-traditional job. You had a non-traditional trajectory. Yeah. And I know like Pete, Carl, the other guys we know up there, Todd, a yes. couple other folks, they uh, they still do stuff. They're oh, quite active. They have hobbies. Yeah, they're, they're not retired, cool. right? Yeah. Like retired, yeah. And, and I'm, I mean, I had a corporate gig for, you know, 
10 years or so and I kind of fit in the uh like the the tech geek and that path that did you, you know, save people, half for those 10 years? Uh not half, but we saved a lot. Yeah. And then and then I was doing the side hustle thing right. um, and that at took the off. same time. Yeah. Right. All at the same time like right when I got laid off. Yeah. So um th- things are pretty good and I think right. like per, per the math like well, yeah. we're in pretty good shape. I, I never really talk about it so specifically as sure. some people. Yeah, I mean, you're the fact that you're doing what you want and you know how to, you know, claw your way out of, you know, wherever you're at to earn right. some money. Uh, now you can write really well. You could do YouTube. You do podcasting. Like, yeah, if you can't get a job, it doesn't oh, yeah, matter because no, right. you, you wouldn't want to. No, I wouldn't want so. to. But if I always say, like, if I had to, like, like one, I'd rather live in a cardboard box than work for anybody else. Sure. So. I will. I rather do that, um, and that's still. I still true to form. But if I had to, I do have a lot of skills that I've like kind of gained during this whole like me trying to turn this into a career. That if I need to freelance write or do website design, which is what I used to do, and you know, and still do every day, I have I have skills that people need. So I will have like a lot of little mini clients, but. Oof. Well, I, man, I will not have a boss again. That's not going to happen. And that's like, everyone has that, like, you know, what drives you and to do any of this stuff. And I'm like, mine's negative. Like my mind's like, mine's like, I don't want to work for a friggin' idiot ever again. (laughs) Like, I just don't want to work for, doesn't matter who it is. Just don't want to work for somebody because I'm like, well, I'm, I feel like I just, I'm I'm just so, you know, like anti-authority and I don't, you know, hero worship. Like I don't have heroes. I don't have like people. I look. It's like, you know, mentors. Just people. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I just have friends who yeah. like. You know, either do the same thing or do different things or whatever. We're kind of all in the same world. And I'm like, this is great. Like I can learn something from you. You can learn something from me. And you don't have to be here. I don't have to look up to you and go like, I want to be like you. It's like, no. I can. We can be like each other and kind of move up together. Cool. Or not move up. Who cares? Right on. Well, thanks a lot for going long for me or long with me today. Yes. And um, where can people find you? Moneylab.co. Awesome. That's the home base for everything. Home base for everything. All right. Thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Thanks again to Matt. And please do check out moneylab.co and also his two podcasts. So if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously dig podcasts and there are many, many episodes. This guy has been podcasting for several years. So Money Lab, the podcast, and also Listen Money Matters. So both of them are great. I've started to listen to them more that I've made Matt's acquaintance. And um, yeah, he's great. He's great on the mic. He's great on the mic. I want to give a proper shout out to... One other person, so I know Jason emailed me about Matt, and there was another person named Gunner. Gunner, thanks a lot. Just want to give a you know proper recognition where it is due, and uh, you know helped encourage me to actually get in touch with Matt, sit down with him. So super cool guy. I, I imagine he and I are going to be collaborating on other stuff in the future. I'm very into YouTube. He's he's so good on camera. The guy is so charismatic and, um, just, he's a good speaker and he's used to being on the mic. So super cool overall. One amazing thing is, you know, I bump into a lot of people who are bloggers or affiliate marketers and that not everyone, but my particular audience seems to attract people that are pretty similar to me. 
and I bump into a lot of IT professionals, a lot of high achieving IT professionals who are, you know, at this point when we're in our 40s, they're like directors, they're vice presidents, they're very high up in sort of the food chain. You know, they got 20 years in their career, something like that. And, you know, Matt came at this at a different angle. He's been doing internet marketing for like longer than I've been, you know, working in my professional career. Maybe not exactly that, but the dude has been working online for a long time. And it's crazy to imagine how different internet marketing was in like 2005 when he was just getting started with some of this stuff, especially for like Swim University. And just the longevity, like to have a website running for that long is amazing to me. I feel like I've sort of been doing this for a little while, about six years at this point. And I mean, I feel like a beginner in so many ways. So very cool to see somebody coming at it from a different angle. And I think, you know, it's just my narrow view when I step back and I think about all the different people that have sent me emails, people that have chatted with me on like YouTube lives and stuff like that. There are so many different people coming at internet marketing from a different angle. And, you know, it's just my narrow view because most of the time I end up talking to people who are, you know, they have like a master's in information systems or some other project management or software development type job. There are so many different people out there and I think Matt's a good example. That's what I'm trying to say. Matt's just a great example that you could come at it from a completely different direction. He writes all the time. He is a communicator, yet through the the conversation you heard him mention, hey, I'm, I was terrible at English. I was not a good writer. And the cool, cool thing is when you read his writing, it sounds like you're just talking to the guy, which is really how we should be writing for like web content. If you're writing like a formal, you know, paper or something a little more formal, then yeah, you have to take a a different approach. But if you're writing for the web, if you're trying to teach people some skill, it's really good to write in a pure way that sounds like you're just talking to your friend, telling them a story. So think that is uh that's pretty cool for the people out there who think hey i'm not a very good writer i don't know like how to get started like just try to write how you talk and at least it'll be authentic in that way the awesome part with writing is you could go back and edit it where you can't edit things after you've said them lord knows as i'm recording these podcasts i know that if i want to re-say it i can go back but I have to like restate the whole thing. It's much harder to edit the audio than it is to edit like the written word, the blinking cursor, and just edit those words much, much easier. So this was a long episode. I'm going to let you get on with your day. Thanks a lot to Matt. Check out his stuff. If you're brand new to the show and you found me because you like Matt, listen to a few of the other episodes. Matt and I talk about a lot of the same kind of topics. And I think you may be interested in some of those success stories. So check out these success stories. A lot of times, a lot of times they'll have like a dollar amount associated with them. 
in the title. So if you could just scroll through, check them out. If you like, if you like these episodes, if you like those success stories, please subscribe. We'd love to have you on board. Have a great day out there. We'll catch you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.